Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code PROGRAM. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time of the day it is that you are joining us. Thank you for doing so. This is another episode of WJ Live, powered by the Western Journal. Uh, my name is Brian Chai. I am the Deputy Managing Editor of Features here at the Western Journal. To my left, we have our Deputy Managing Editor Editorial, Joe Sedian. To my right, we have a reporter extraordinaire, uh, Andrew Shasha. Uh, we've got a whole medley of topics to get to. It has officially been, actually never, oh yeah, it's been over 24 hours into the Joe Biden presidency, and we've got some thoughts. Uh, I am going to go ahead and start. Uh, so one thing I've noticed, guys, it's like I said, it's bare, it's, it's been just over 24 hours, and it seems that, you know, Hollywood is happy now. They They are, they have all come... Out of the woodworks, they are excited again. They They're can stay happy. in the country. Yeah, they can. Yeah. They don't have to leave. They don't have to move to Canada. Um, and you know, I just want to touch on just the and, and the Democrats really tapped into this. Um, I am a masochist, so I subjected myself to uh, CNN's inauguration coverage last night just to see what was what was happening, and it was both cringeworthy and. Uh, it's kind of gross to see uh, the way uh, Hollywood celebrities are all just fawning over him, uh, over Joe Biden, how uh, mainstream media networks, which I believe you talked about yesterday, uh, are also just you know drooling over Joe Biden and his presidency, which is all of a day old. Uh, and it just made me really think about uh, sort of the, the insulation of the Democratic Party. They... It, it, it genuinely stuns me seeing, I mean, say what you will about uh, former President Donald Trump. He ha he reached the masses. He, you know, flyover country, middle America, whatever, however you want to describe it, everyday Americans. Uh, Trump reached them uh, and he really struck a chord with with all those people. I mean, he had 74 million people vote for him. Like, that's not an insignificant number. Um, and so seeing sort of the... Uh, just the, I don't even know how to describe it, just the the self, the, 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 the back padding, the self-congratulations of all these Hollywood elites and seeing the Democrats tap into it. Um, Joe, I wanted to ask you first, uh, do you think Democrats have learned anything from Trump's time in the office when it comes to, you know, reaching everyday Americans, not tapping into, you know, I mean, there's... Aside from our looks, there's not much in common between me and like you know Katy Perry or John yeah. Legend. Um, I think you have you're about the same attractiveness level. Oh, thank you. I Katie appreciate Perry that. Or John Legend. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, 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 
it just it stuns me that these people who are so detached from the realities of everyday Americans, you know, there are people out there genuinely struggling to just live day to day life. Uh, I'm 99% sure Katy Perry and John Legend are not two of the people who are struggling to live everyday life. Um, so, Joe, uh, did the Democrats learn anything from Trump's ability to reach everyday Americans? And if not, what what should they have taken away? So. I don't think they learned anything. I want to tweak your statement a little okay. bit, right? Just in my opinion. You are an editor. Democrats are a, they have, they, they didn't learn anything because they have never been able to appeal to half of everyday Americans. They can appeal to the everyday Americans who live in the cities and, you know, do city life and all that stuff. And they, those people love celebrities. They are, certainly appeal to them. And they're everyday the, Americans too. The, yeah, everyday the idolatry Americans of them, yeah. Who these celebrities cannot appeal to are the people who live in Heartland America people who really do not care about the Grammys and the Emmys and the Oscars and whatever stupid MTV movie choice, whatever they have. You're so old. Right? I know. I know. I feel, I feel very old. So no, they didn't learn anything. They, you know, it, it, they, they kept going with the whole thing of we, well, we can appeal to half these people. Why should we want to appeal to the other half? And it's because they don't respect the other half. Mm. They don't think that their lives point. are... They, they don't think their ways of lives are worth anything. You know, they don't think that if you live in a small town or if you are a farmer or something like that, that you add very much to America. And that's kind of the problem here. That's the root of of the issue, I think. Yeah, Joe, you hit, you hit that out of the park. I'm, I think if they've learned anything from the Trump presidency, it's just that they, they hate flyover country and that they hate the, those kind of heartland Americans that you're talking about. And, and not just the Democrats either. It is th these establishment folks have a an unbelievable distaste for their constituencies. Uh, we, we talked about this a little bit yesterday and the day before, or I mean, the, the hosts talked about it two days ago. I wasn't on the show that day. But this idea that essentially, and, and don't get me wrong, I have, I've voiced my distaste for some of the things that have been said and done by the Trump presidency, mm -hmm. or amid, uh, amid the Trump presidency. I don't know why I'm stumbling over my words here. But I certainly believe that he did some great things, and I certainly believe that you know his audience was a group of people that felt like they had been ignored for a pretty long period of time, and he spoke to them. So if you don't like the way he spoke to them, you need to start learning to speak to those people a different way. And nobody has learned that. All that they've learned mm -hmm. is that they hate Donald Trump and that they hate that constituency. Yes. What they should have learned is how to resonate how to with love them. Middle America and how yeah. to love on them. They exactly. don't. They, and they don't do, do not. that. No. Yeah, I do wonder. It, it does feel like it's one of those things where, um, you know, like I personally have always been able to compartmentalize. Like I recognize, you know, Tom Hanks is a very good actor. Right. I enjoy watching him in movies. Um, I disagree with him on pretty much anything political. Mm -hmm. um, I, I do wonder if there's an, a, a, an incorrect assumption by Democrats that that's how, you know, moderates or conservatives largely feel as opposed to, uh, you know, sort of an actual, not necessarily disdain, but, you know, like you said, um, you know, it's a largely, you know, the coastal communities, people in cities who really engage in that idolatry. Um, and it does make me wonder if Democrats, if that's what they think, like they think they're, people are more like my, my mindset as opposed to, you know, feeling ignored or unable to relate and stuff like that. I think, yeah. Go ahead, I think coastal culture has just misplaced the usefulness of celebrity. I, I think that 
to say that celebrities should never speak on politics and never speak of things that are important to the country, I think that's short-sighted and misguided. I mean, mm -hmm. back to the Second World War, we saw that celebrities were have always been something that have been, that has kind of propped up uh, a sort of a unifying message for the country, at least back in the day. Mm -hmm. That was the idea, was that when you wanted to rah-rah, when you wanted to unify the country and bring Americans together on what mattered, athletes and celebrities were great for that. And conservatives have celebrities, and too, that they that they love who speak out. Exactly. On, yeah. Many fewer celebrities, but you know, there's nothing wrong with, with celebrities speaking their mind on issues they exactly. care about. Exactly. And it's just, for some reason, they've relied on getting into the divisive instead of getting into the things that unify. And I think that that's something if we're hearing that Biden wants to unify celebrities need to get on that message and they need to start talking about unity as well. They need to stop because the, the celebrity culture is another culture that has learned that they hate flyover country in this last, however many years they've, they've really come into that. Yeah. Um, so given the, 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 the absolute celebratory nature of, you know, last night's inauguration festivities, um, and kind of establishing that we don't think Democrats have learned much. You know, they've just dismissed all things Trump. They have not even bothered to try to learn uh, what made Trump successful. Uh, given all of that, uh, Andrew, I'll, I'll kick this over to you first. Um, do you think what we saw yesterday, the type of, uh, you know, just over the, you know, just transparent over enthusiasm uh, celebrations, uh, do you think that is a sustainable winning strategy for Democrats, uh, you know, in, in, in the immediate future, 2022, 2024 and beyond? Absolutely not. I, I think you got to separate the idea of Inauguration Day. Inauguration Day, whether you like the president that was elected or not, whether you like the president that is put in power or not, you have to you have to celebrate Inauguration Day. It is a uniquely American celebration of a peaceful transition of power, and people on both sides of the aisle have said that in the last couple of weeks, that, and they've prioritized that, and mm -hmm. I think that is important. The celebratory nature around the specific leader from media, a, a group that is supposed to be a fourth estate that is adversarial to power, and from celebrity, people who are supposed to entertain and, you know, by and large, like we said, avoid divisiveness. That is not sustainable whatsoever. I think, okay. I mean, if you learned anything from the Obama years and, and the way that Trump kind of rose on that, I'm an outsider, I am with America, with mainstream America, with middle America against celebrity and against media and against the people in power, that message resonated because people were sick of the slobbering love affair Mm. that was had with Barack Obama. Mm. And I think they're going to get sick of it far more quickly when it comes to Biden. Half of America is already sick of it. I think, and maybe there's a little hot take, but oh, I, here we go. I think this is bad. What we're taught, we can agree that, you know, celebrities have lost touch with many Americans. Mm -hmm. But I do wonder whether the demographics say that it won't matter because America is becoming more urbanized. Right. Yeah. More people are moving to the cities. I think. I think. I think we can probably agree on that. So I do wonder, um, as as culture shifts that way, will people care? Will Will people mm. care about the the heartland Americans? I hope they do. I think that we have to have serious conversations about okay, how do conservatives, you know, attract people who live in the cities and you know people like that. But I, I do wonder whether just the 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 sheer dem demographics in terms of where people live mm. is going to make that much of a mean will will hurt the Democrats that much. I, I mean, they won this time around, right? Yes. Yeah. And I, I 
you know, I've we've known about all this terrible bias and this terrible mm -hmm. celebrity fawning for decades, really. And I yeah. mean, it's gotten worse, but it's not a new thing, and and they still won. So I, I think the question there becomes then. Is like how central is Trump to what happened in twenty twenty? Question. Mm. It, That's the question. If yeah. if Donald Trump is the re is is what drove Democrats to vote for Joe Biden, a common hatred of a Trump. common right. hatred yeah. of Trump, yeah. then perhaps we will see people upset, and the Democrats will fail on yeah. that on that behavior. If that wasn't what it was, if it was actually a, a you know a, a change in the in the electorate, if it was a support for Joe Biden and for his message, then it mm -hmm. will not change anything because you're right, they did know about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, it's not just celebrities fawning over Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. <laughs> it is the media as well. Andrew touched on it as well. It should be an adversarial media. Um, but it's just, it is shocking, Joe. And I know yeah. you had a few thoughts on that. Yeah, I do. And I particularly want to talk about COVID and sort of the way that the media treats that. Now, we know that for the past year or so, it's it's no secret that the media has blamed the, I think it's 400,000 now. They've blamed the 400,000 deaths on Trump. And to be completely honest with you, they have trumpeted the numbers. They've trumpeted the case numbers. They've trumpeted, not trumpeted by made them up. I just mean they have publicized them very, yep. very widely, the death numbers, and they have connected it to Trump as best they can. Yep. Their message is this president, Trump, failed. Mm -hmm. So my question, and this is sort of tongue in cheek, is, okay, are now all the deaths from the coronavirus that are happening between yesterday at noon or yesterday at, uh, yeah, not yesterday at noon, and in the future, now, Biden's fault. Because if the media had any honesty, then they would try to tie all of these deaths to Joe Biden. And I'm going to put a tweet on the screen. Um, it's from Brent Scher. He's the editor at the Washington Free Beacon. And he basically said, do you think things are going to get better or worse in terms of COVID under Biden? Uh, sorry. Since others will likely drop theirs, the Free Beacon will pick up the slack. We'll be updated daily. Watch this space. Now, Washington Free Beacon is a conservative outlet. And the point he's trying to make, which I think is a really, really good one, is the media is not going to be uh, blaring this from the mountaintops mm -hmm. as they used to be for the past almost a year, less than that. But because it's Biden now and they mm -hmm. they like Biden and they don't want to tie all of the nasty, uh, you know, the, the sad yep. tragedy stuff to, to Biden. So now I will go into one of my questions. Um, do you think that things are going to get better or worse? First off, just in terms of COVID under Biden than they were under Trump? Um, I do think they will actually get better because, you know, for one, you know, you see places that were sitting on the sidelines like Amazon, all yeah. of a sudden, you know, they're, oh, they're excited to help oh, out yeah. now. Um, mm -hmm. You know, they just couldn't wait until, uh, you know, January. Joseph R. Biden. Yeah. Joseph R. Robinette R. Biden, Biden <laughs> Jr. <laughs> yeah. was inaugurated. Yeah. Um, and actually, I do want to, touch just real quickly on your sort of facetious question yeah. about you know will the media change you we've already seen it yeah you know um again like i said i subjected myself to the cnn inauguration coverage last night and if you've seen any clip or whatever of cnn um before before yesterday you you know that anything they do any programming they do uh, on the right-hand side, there's like a, a an active the counter. daily tracker. Yeah, the yeah. daily tracker. Very scary COVID and deaths. red and yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, that was nowhere to be seen last night, which was you know it was inconspicuous by its absence. Great word. Um, but yeah, it's just. It, I do think it'll get better because I think I, I I hate to say I hate to say companies like Amazon and 
what what have you kind of sabotage Trump subconsciously though maybe yeah exactly like I, I don't want to say they intentionally did that because that'd be that's that's a pretty evil thing to do you're basically putting human lives in a political because game. you don't like the orange man yeah exactly so I, I really hope that's not the case but man the cynic in me thinks it it, it might be it, it very well could be um, and because of that alone, I do think numbers will start getting better. Um, I can guarantee you the first time we have, you know, a record low in daily COVID deaths. That, we'll hear about yeah, it. Yeah, we will be hearing yeah. all about it. Yeah. And we didn't hear about it when things were, you know, getting better, I guess, maybe over the before, summer. Yeah, or kind or of before the, the yeah, last before spike. All of that. What are your thoughts I mean, on this, I, Reasonably, that could have been yesterday. It could have been a record day in low like in case lows yesterday and they would have said on biden's inauguration right. record lows even if that wasn't had nothing to do with him and i think that's the unfortunate thing is that i think it absolutely is going to get better i'm going to parrot biden's own words i think it's going to get worse before it gets better we're in the middle of a spike i think that i mean today correct me if i'm wrong i believe biden in his first little uh, address um to reporters today said that He's expecting to hit five hundred thousand by the end of you know of, of the coming month. Yeah, mm. that's four to six weeks. He's expecting a hundred thousand. That's that's pretty so, substantial. Yeah. And maybe number. he's kind yeah. of ballooning the number to have low expectations on his, his administration. But either way, the sad part is that the success will be will be given to him no matter what. And I think you know you can say that that, that Trump handled it better or worse. There's no question that the way that he deregulated that there is absolutely a fact that the Trump administration helped with rushing out that vaccine. That's a celebration that should be should be bipartisan. We should be loving the way that this vaccine has been handled yeah. and how quickly it has come out. But I think, unfortunately, it is going to be Trump got the unlucky the unlucky situation and circumstance of being the president that got hit with a yeah. massive event. George Bush had the same problem with 9-11. Yeah. How you handle... You're under the microscope when something major happens and every detail that can be used against you by the media will be yes. and mm. the successes will be given to the next guy. That's a, that brings up actually a, real, a really good question. I think I think it's a good question if I do say so myself um, that I had about what, you know, what role can the president even have in, you know, how, how much of the successes and the failures are really on him? We live in a very... Um, the very divisive world and we're always going to say this is the president's fault or this is a good job by the president it's always black and white to us but i i guess my question is how how much of an impact does the federal government or should the federal government have on something like a covid response they they should have almost none exactly. and they've honestly had almost none i mean yeah uh, si save for you know deregulating and, and trying to kind of figure out a good way to get information out from right. the mm -hmm. state to the people about the response uh, reasonably speaking it should be uh, this should be, is one of those times yeah. where i'm going to you know the libertarian in me is going to come out for you joe and say it's a it's the market that's going to drive and it did the change and it, it did. did it absolutely yeah. did it banded together to get the masks done whether you appreciate the masks or not it it banded together to build hospitals, whether yeah. you think they were necessary or not. And it has banded together to get these vaccines out, whether yeah. you plan to take them or not. The, uh, what I think is a very important thing, which are public-private partnerships, yes. which are the public, the, the federal government says, we'll stay out of it, you figure it out, and then we will help you yes. do what we got to do. Yes. And that's exactly what's happening now. And it's happening slowly than we'd it like. But yeah. What about you, Brian? Um, to me, it does feel as if... I, and I've never really liked 
tr- when Trump used to tell how good the stock market was doing, I was never a huge fan of that because I know how volatile the stock market is. It, it, it's yes, Trump absolutely had some influence on it, mm-hmm. but that's also something very prone to just taking a nosedive. Yeah. Um, and I felt that way, and I and I do feel that way. You know, kind of the inverse of that with the way the media kind of portrayed coronavirus is all Trump's fault. Like that's just not true. Like this is a, a pandemic. Uh, there was, and I, I think Trump did a lot of stuff well early on, you know, the, uh, what was it, was it flights to China, right? Like yeah. he, he put that, he, but he, not a, a, not a, a ban. total ban, yeah, but, but he, a he, pretty heavy restriction. Yeah. Um, like some of the stuff Andrew talked about deregulation, uh, really helped out with that. Um, but at the end of the day, and the one thing I do want to point out is that I really, really don't like when, um, you know, liberal or mainstream media outlets are talking about oh look at how you know how south korea did you know they they really put the put the kibosh on coronavirus and it's just not it's not apples to you know it's compare it's comparing apples to oranges um you know american the first of all culture alone is just radically different we're a much larger country we're a much larger country um so you know to to think that oh these other countries were able to somewhat stymie coronavirus. That's not a fair application to America or what Trump did. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I think to, to answer your question just straight up, Joe, uh, I don't think government, I, I don't think any one person or government entity really has that much control over something like coronavirus. I agree. Or at least it shouldn't. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's things that you can do to make it worse, obviously, or. You know, there's of course extreme measures you can take, but we don't we don't really think that you should take those extreme measures. Um, I think when it when it comes down to it, it's really an issue of virtue signaling because it's the media again, basically singing the virtues of themselves and the Biden and trying to you know push Trump to the to the back and make us forget about him. The back pages and of history. I think. Andrew, you want to talk about another example? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think you hit the nail on the head uh, earlier in your segment just about the idea that we have absolutely seen that COVID was, for all intents and purposes for the media, for a large period of time, it was an attempt to drive numbers. Uh, You know, pushing hysteria was going to get people to click on the news. And I think that it was a virtue signal. It was the idea that, well, uh, you know, Trump did this wrong and Biden, he's with the scientists. Mm -hmm. He'll figure it out. Uh, Unfortunately, I think another issue where we're going to see quite a bit of that um, and we're going to see Biden hop on with the virtue signaling is his decisions on the environment. Uh, Now, in the first 24 hours, we've already seen uh, major moves from the Biden administration on environmentalism. Uh, We saw the Keystone Pipeline, uh, which has been debated for years now um, and was kind of safe under the Trump administration, is uh, it looks like it's in pretty hot water. Um, Biden has, you know, put the kibosh on that uh, and it's going to be halted. Uh, We've also seen that uh, just three months after our official departure from the Paris Climate Accord, that the United States w- is officially re-entering yeah. the Paris Climate Agreement. We're back. Um, Trump talked about that on the campaign trail in 2015, that we were going to depart another one of these these globalist efforts to come together and say, you know, all these countries are going to agree to a system in which no one is actually going to be held accountable to the promise that they make to cut emissions and to, you know, to push uh, green energy. Now, but again, Trump said we were going to get out of there. He did it towards the end of his presidency. Unfortunately, the official push to get out did not end until November 4th, and now we're back. But what I want to kind of discuss 
is how meaningless that really is. Uh, we're talking about an agreement under which the last several years we have only seen increases in net carbon emissions around the country. In 2019, we are sorry, in 2018. And 2019, we saw massive global jumps, despite the fact that all of the major world powers agreed to cut their emissions. Mm -hmm. uh, surprisingly enough, with President Trump um, kind of deprioritizing environmentalism, we've seen some pretty big gains in the United States on emission, or sorry, should I say cuts on emissions. There's a pretty big wins on emissions. So what I want to I want to give a hand to the viewers at home. If you shut out the light when you leave for work, uh, if you carpool, uh, you've actually helped the successes with uh, the cuts in emissions in the United States far more than Biden's return to the Paris Climate Agreement mm -hmm. ever will. Uh, just to run some numbers, these are some stories that I wrote in the last two years about the Paris Climate Agreement and about um, emissions uh, at year end when it comes to data. We've seen that despite all the squawking, U.S. emissions actually fell in 2019. Uh, it was pretty pretty substantially. Um, we, we've yet to see the full numbers from 2020, so I don't want to rely on those just yet. So the last year on record, 2019, preliminary estimates from the Rhodium Group found that greenhouse gas emissions uh, fell by approximately 2.1% in the United States in 2019, uh, a market increase from 2018. We saw that uh, the U.S. record, uh, U.S. saw a record 18% decrease in coal-fired power generation uh, in that year, uh, making it the lowest levels of coal-fired power generation since 1975 in 2019 under the Trump administration. And then uh, the IAE, or sorry, the IEA. Uh, reported that the U.S. led the world in emissions reductions since 2000. Those are pretty substantial, you know, gains for the Trump administration, some big wins for American power. We also saw that America uh, kind of declared itself energy independent with some of the openings of leases for fracking in the United States on federal land. So I guess what I want to ask is, is this decision to re-enter the Paris Climate Agreement and the is it an attempt at globalist virtue signaling Biden saying this return to normalcy is going to include us getting back into these foreign entities and foreign agreements and foreign bodies or is this do we really think we're going to meet the astronomical goals of the Paris Climate Agreement no it's a virtue signal it's about as meaningful as a UN resolution which is nothing meaningless zip and it's there, there, there. We know that. I mean, I don't. I don't think Biden is serious enough about it. Where we're actually going to try. None of the other com countries in the agreement are, you know, really making a huge effort to meet the goals of the, of the uh, climate accord. But no, we. It, it's just. It's just utterly ridiculous. It, it really does kind of bother me. It's, you know, it's this thing that we did that was meaningless, but that was bad, right? Meaningless bureaucracy things that don't get anything done but are there just because are never a good thing. And Trump got rid of it. And it took way too long for, for yeah. that to even happen. It took three years yeah. for or more for us to, to leave the Paris Climate Agreement. And now Biden's doing it again because it's day. all just big, one, useless, meaningless grift. It, it just, it doesn't matter. Except the thing is, when you're playing with like countries and agreements of that size it kind of does matter because it's confusing and because the federal government shouldn't be doing that kind of stuff yeah i mean joe hit the nail on the head uh, i will say though just you know kind of listening to all those numbers in a row it really made me realize uh realize i always kind of knew it but made me rethink that you know 
Trump, it's so weird the way the media and, you know, politicians painted Trump as this tyrant that's going to ruin the planet Earth. Like, he hates Earth. Um, no, he doesn't. Like, he he wants to do his fair share to preserve this planet. It's the only one we've got. Um, you know, to, fair share to preserve this planet. Uh, he just doesn't want to, like, make it a crippling burden mm -hmm. on the people currently living uh, here. And... Yeah, it, you know, like Joe said, it is virtue signaling. It's, I mean, I'm I'm not an expert on the Paris Climate Agreement, um, but from ever, from what I have gathered on it, it it just sounds like kind of like the cool kids club. You know, hey, we're we're cool. We're we're the we're, uh, maybe the hippie kids. You know, hey, we're saving the planet. We care. Yeah, like yeah. we care. We're saving the planet. Like it just it sounds like that on an international level, mm -hmm. and you know, I I just don't. I guess the part that really confuses me is why so many people. I mean, I guess it sound the Paris Climate Agreement sounds cool or you know sounds nice on its face, but you know you can be go green and save the planet and you know not be in this ridiculous club that's like as Joe often likes to call a grift. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I think there's also the extent to which, like you were talking about, Andrew, with your. The, the emissions actually, a lot of big wins over the past four years. The reason for that is because of the free market. Yes. Now, here's the thing. Climate change is real. Yes. And it is dangerous. It is a problem that we have to deal with. Mm -hmm. We just have to. It's not yes. fake. It's not made up. But as in almost every case, every instance, government intervention ain't going to solve it. Mm -hmm. It's going to be the free market. And we've seen that. I mean, we have these companies like Tesla. We have electric cars. And you know what? It's not when states say you have to only build electric cars no. that that progress happens. It's because people want these electric cars because they're going to save them money in the long term. And the more that they build, the more the cheaper they're going to get. It's just economics. Mm -hmm. And it's like that for just the, the climate at large. I mean, eventually it is going to come to a point where using fossil fuels just isn't going to benefit companies no. economically anymore. And they're going to figure out something else. They already are. And that's the way that climate change is going to be solved, not the government. You're absolutely right. I mean, I mean, the government is horrible at picking winners and losers. If there were ever an example, Solyndra, when Pre uh, President Obama tried to kind of push the, uh, the green energy the first time around, a huge loser. And I guess what I want to get at now, like after that, and you brought it up, Brian, this, this cool kids club, the people who hold uh, climate policy sacrosanct, I, if we were, if, if Biden was taking this seriously, this is something that would hinder the economy greatly. It's why none of the, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, none of the countries that have actually signed on to this agreement are on track to hit goal. None of the sizable powers, at least. And so what I want to ask is, uh, for people who actually do want to hold those policies sacrosanct, who want to hit you know, net neutral in the next... 15 to 20 years is it worth it for america to sign on and martyr itself and martyr its own economy when we know china and india and some of the other world powers absolutely will not be meeting their end of the bargain does it even make sense and how do we get that across if not how do we get that across to these environmentalists that it's not worth it unless everyone is truly on board and accountability is paramount Oof. uh i mean the 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 key word there is accountability. I, I just don't think uh, government bureaucrats care all that much about accountability. It's not about 
actual accomplishments and what you do. It's about what you can sell to people. Um, and by sell, you know, by that, I mean, it's what you can convince the masses of. If you, you know, I have so many, uh, friends who genuinely believe the Paris climate agreement is a good deal. And when I ask them why they're like, Oh, it's, it's saving the planet. How? And you know, that, then that conversation kind of goes off the rails. Uh, but yeah, it, it, that's, that's much more important to them than any actual accountability. I do want to say, Joe, real quick, um, I personally do think climate change is a thing. I do know some people think it's a disputed science. It is probably one of the trickier things any politician is going to have to deal with. Because I sure. think we can all agree, like, let's be good to the planet. Yes. You know, I think we can yes. all agree it's on that. God's given us earth and we should be good stewards of it exactly exactly so i I just had to throw my two cents in there but you know joe i'll let you go ahead and tackle andrew's question yeah can you um basically you threw me off there i'm sorry but no i (laughs) i i i I got it no because with all of these countries you know all of them doing it people don't want to think when it comes to big picture stuff like this they don't want to think about the actual ramifications Mm -hmm. so they just want to think about the idea gives them a warm fuzzy feeling inside to know oh we're in the Paris climate agreement I don't actually have to do anything. I just have mm. to know that we're in the accord and the earth is going to get better because of that. And it's it's meaningless, but it makes you feel like you're accomplishing something even mm-hmm. when you're not. It's the same reason that you hashtag activism. You know, you put a hashtag <laughs> on Twitter and you pretend like you've actually made a difference when you haven't. It, it's the same thing. It, it, it's just, it is just virtue signaling. And I think that to, to kind of close us out, I, I think that's the most concerning thing. If there If there is any concerning thing that we can agree upon departing the Trump era and that kind of anti-establishment era for a minute, whether it comes back or not, uh, following Biden, it's, it's that. It's, you know, the TSA, the surveillance state, the, the foreign wars, the things that these partisans seem to be able to agree on, these bureaucrats seem to be able to agree on, is that we should make policy that makes us feel good, even if it doesn't mm, make us correct. do good yes. or be good. Yeah. And that's, I think, no the most concerning thing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's, couldn't have said it better myself, Andrew. Uh, thank you so much for watching us today, guys. Uh, just as a reminder, this is WJ Live, where we only have two mandatory things, the truth and collared shirts. Uh, WJ Live, you can catch us every weekday, uh, 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. Uh, if you're listening to us on audio, Please do us a huge favor. Go to youtube.com backslash WJ live. Uh, click the subscribe button. That way you're always notified when our newest episodes are up. And make sure to hit the, the bell. Ding. Uh, to those of you who are already watching us on YouTube, um, you can also do us a favor by going to however you prefer to listen to your podcast, whether it's Apple uh Spotify, what have you, uh, go there, subscribe, do us a huge favor, leave us a five-star review that will help us get out to more people who need the truth. Um, and finally, you can help support real journalism by going to westernjournal.com backslash join. That way you can subscribe to us. That will directly help us uh, get you more stories, more shows, any way we can get you the truth. Uh, we will really appreciate that as well. Uh, have a wonderful what's today Thursday have a wonderful Thursday everyone and we will see you tomorrow for another episode of WJ Live bye bye Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky? in line at the deli I guess aha in my dentist's office 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.